Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Christmas moments, sacred versus secular. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, sacred versus secular. Where is your distinction? Is this a church versus home kind of thing? I don't even know. I think first we should say Merry Christmas, everyone. Absolutely. It is the week of Christmas, and we are trying to get ready in our homes and at the church and all the things. So this podcast might be a little more silly than usual. (laughs) So I don't know. I think what I was thinking of was that there are some things about Christmas that are particularly Christian. Mm -hmm. And there are some things about Christmas that don't feel like they're based in like Jesus's coming to be in the world to save the world, but more like it's a winter holiday and this is fun. Yeah. Lots of people are going to have your Christmas trees, which kind of skirts the line between the two. But whether or not you have a nativity scene in your house... That tends to be more in your sacred traditions. Right. And I think for me, drinking more hot chocolate at this time of year has more to do with winter and abundance and celebration Mm -hmm. than it has to do with pondering the incarnation of the divine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then where do you fall on the hymns versus the holiday songs? Oh, I have to say, this is one of those areas where I get grinchy. Really? I do. And I am spoiled because I don't go to the mall very much. And I don't listen to musical radio very often when I listen to the radio. So you don't hear a lot of the holiday secular Christmas music, huh? I get to avoid it. And I kind of like avoiding it. I remember last year I was out hanging lights on my house and my next door neighbor started hanging lights and was playing Mariah Carey really (laughs) loudly on repeat. And I'm like, oh, this is the life other people lead. I'm like ready for Lost in the Night and Advent hymns. Yeah, we've discussed Advent hymns versus Christmas carols in the past. (laughs) And I still think you're wrong. The problem is in the church setting itself, by the time you get to the Christmas carols, you're into the 12 days and everybody else has put it all away. Totally. So we're going to do Christmas carol sing along, but that will happen before this podcast comes out. But I do like Christmas carols because that reminds me of like going caroling in college. Mm -hmm. And the college I went to is in this idyllic looking Pennsylvania small town with this idyllic, crazy, could be a Hallmark movie style downtown area. Nice. And so when it would snow very faintly and the lamp posts were lit and we were bundled up and the really good Lutheran choir kids would go downtown and sing Christmas carols, it was awfully darn pretty. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. That was very enjoyable. Caroling is one of those things that I very much enjoy, but Nobody wants to carol when it's two degrees outside. No, they really don't. I think one of my favorite caroling memories is we went caroling after church one Sunday, one of my first years serving at Central. And one of the members' sons was here, and he brought along his stand-up bass. Oh, wow. 
And so that's commitment. And we walked from the church and we like walked down Broadway and we <laughs> we sang carols at various stores and he just lugged his stand-up bass and played along and it was delightful. Wow. It was a good memory. That is amazing. And that's a blend, right? I think that's a blend between secular and sacred because I would Christmas carol before I was baptized Mm -hmm. because it was fun to have an excuse to sing four-part harmony together in public. That was just always fun. And if you're not a part of a church community, you may not get to do that very often. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoyed caroling before I was baptized, before I was Christian. But it's also a deeply sacred tradition that we're going and we're singing songs that have to do with the faith. I think it's easy to forget that because I mean, I knew Silent Night even long before I was baptized Mm -hmm. because it had infiltrated so much into North American culture that it was just part of it. So maybe that's one of those mixy, blendy moments. It does. I mean, I remember singing as much First Noel as you would sing something like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. And I remember sitting at my grandmother's piano in Nashville and plunking out come all ye faithful. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that it was a Christian song. I didn't know that it was anything particularly to do with the faith. I just thought it was a pretty tune. Now, of course, I got the descant under my belt because Mm -hmm. I was part of a Lutheran choir. (laughs) Yeah. My other favorite blend of the two is the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because it really does a nice job of talking about both, you know, the crazy trees and the aluminum this and here's a pageant, but the kids are really just there to have fun and hang out. But then you get Linus on the stage at the very end and you get songs like Oh Come All Ye Faithful. It's still one of those that I will watch on TV if I know it's on. Uh Uh-huh. And I really never mind the commercial breaks. (laughs) They're there for a reason. (laughs) Okay. What about Hallmark Christmas movies? Oh, I have a hard time. That is some... (laughs) I am a lover of romance novels, but the Uh Hallmark movies, man, some of those can be bland and formulaic in a way that I'm a hard sell. Oh, it's so bad. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it's just really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the first five that you watch, I think are fairly enjoyable. But then when you realize okay, this is going to be the same film just with different actors, Mm -hmm. then it starts to get pretty old. Well, we started a new game of between the people that we're watching. Within Uh the first five minutes, you pause and you try to guess the plot of the movie (laughs) based on how the introduction (laughs) of the characters goes. Yes, that's awesome. (laughs) But those movies, even though they are oftentimes, you know, centered around Christmas, firmly secular I gotta say, I have not encountered a holiday rom-com that has done justice to the gospel in any way. So maybe someone out there has seen it, but I certainly haven't. No. And that's totally fine. There is nothing wrong with a good rom-com that you can laugh at and giggle at and enjoy a holiday drink and eat some cookies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of cookies. Speaking of cookies. We could say that it could be a sacred tradition. (laughs) Because coffee hours in the past or cookie exchanges in the past have happened among sacred communities. Oh, yes. And I'm not sure how cookies proclaim the 
birth of Jesus. No, they fall squarely into the cookies for Santa kind of category. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So what is your favorite Christmas cookie? I don't have a sweet tooth, so I don't necessarily have a favorite cookie, but I do like to make them. Yeah. What's your favorite to make? That has changed over the years. And when I was younger, I liked to make the ones that you would frost. But now this year, I have one who really likes to frost things and get into the details. And guess what? I have no oven to bake cookies. So... (laughs) This year's a little different. When your oven gets here, you could do epiphany cookies. There you go. And go to town on frosting them. There you go. That's my plan. (laughs) What about you? I love Christmas cookies. I think part of that has to do with my step family being Italian and Italian They got some good cookies. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's a really big deal. And I would spend my Christmas day sitting around the cookie table (laughs) and eating amazing cookies. There is a lemon sour cream cookie. That sounds amazing. That is astonishing and is my favorite cookie ever. But my recipe makes a A lot. And I'm the only one who eats cookies in my house. (laughs) That can be problematic. They are not the kind of cookie that lasts a long time. Like you have to refrigerate them. So I've made them once in my lifetime. More often, I'm able to get my hands on the peanut butter kiss cookies that Mm -hmm. other people make. And I love those. Those are very enjoyable. But I don't bake cookies. Not your tradition? My family did more candy than cookies, honestly. My parents will still make caramel corn to this day. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay, advent calendars. We've talked about these in the past. Yep. Are you the one who just wants to put the thing up and count the days down? Or are you the one who really wants the goodie inside the calendar? I confess that I have not successfully participated in an advent calendar <laughs> ritual <laughs> no. in years. <laughs> I think even before COVID, time is just soup. I have such a hard time with time. The concept of time, it's getting worse as I age. That's funny. And by the time I remember to get the advent calendar out, I have to look at like my phone to tell me what the date is. And there's like four days left. Nice. So. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was no chocolate. We never had the chocolate ones. It was mm -hmm. only about the counting down. And I was Uh. always jealous of those who actually had the chocolate ones. Mm. Of course, by the time I could afford to buy my own. I don't have a sweet tooth anymore. The chocolate is meaningless. (laughs) Lego advent calendar, solid idea. Solid. I've looked at like some Dungeons and Dragons ones Mm -hmm. or dice because I am a dice dragon. I love many shiny math click clacks. They are sparkly and gorgeous and they bring me much joy. Mm -hmm. And so there are some makers who do advent calendars with dice, but I would want like every day to be a new full set and to just get one die <laughs> per day. No good. And then there's no controlling like what color they are. And I have a very specific palette mm-hmm. for my dice. So I think maybe I'm too much of a control freak to do mm-hmm. advent calendars. The whiskey one that I saw, there's a whiskey or a bourbon one that came out this year that I would be very intrigued by that. My husband got a beer advent calendar this year, and every day that he opens it, he's like, 
it's a this, this, and this, and this. Do you want it? I'm like, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I need more control over the things in my calendar, right. apparently. Right. <laughs> okay. We're getting down to brass tacks now. Yep. When do you open your presents? Are you a Christmas Eve person or are you a Christmas morning person? This is so hard. And this is where the sacred has bumped into my secular mm -hmm. in a big way. It used to be that primarily I would do presents on Christmas Eve. Well, I'm also the kid of a divorced family. So oh, we would do it on multiple. both. Mm -hmm. Right. So we would do Christmas Eve with one side of the family and Christmas Day with the other parent. So it was a both and. I think for me, when my stepdaughter was living with us, we started doing the Christmas Day tradition mm -hmm. that she wanted to open things on Christmas Day. So that's when we did it. But I was accustomed to opening most everything on Christmas Eve. Interesting. And now I will say Christmas Eve is my favorite between the two. I prefer Christmas Eve because the worship services are beautiful and you cannot beat Silent Night with candles. Yeah, but you're busy. You prefer the busyness of that, huh? It's not so busy. It's one of the nights of the year that I actually, I mean, other than the sermon, like the sermon kind of is a pain in the tuckus, but the rest of the day is gorgeous and glorious. And my heart just fills up so much getting to see everyone. And man, that silent night and candles can just fill my spirit for a good nine months. Yep. It's real, real important for my spirit. I missed it so, last year. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm excited for Christmas Eve this year. And I'm hopeful for that moment and curious to see how it will go with candles and masks. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Right? It'll be different. But normally then what has happened is that I get home so late at night that we go to sleep when I get home or I eventually fall asleep. Tristan might already be asleep usually. And we've started to do Christmas presents in the morning over mm -hmm. our tea and coffee. And you? It's a more civilized time to do it. Well, <laughs> it's funny. When the kids were little, the kids were up at like, you know, 5 a.m. And you'd be all, go back to sleep. Wait a little longer. <laughs> but now that the kids are older, it's like, oh, come on. Can we just open presents yet? <laughs> It's like 10 o'clock, people. <laughs> but we typically do most of the presents on the morning, although we'll open the stockings on Christmas Eve. Do you do a Christmas Day dinner or a Christmas Eve dinner? Christmas Eve is usually somebody's running or singing at a service at some point. Christmas Eve has been in a crock pot more mm -hmm. years than not. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas Day used to be some Thanksgiving-esque kind of feast. But oh, wow. a couple of years ago, somebody introduced me to crab out here in the Northwest. Mm. And a dinner that's ready in five minutes in boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> it's a good day. That's awesome. The secular traditions of this stuff, you know, what kind of a meal we have and how we have it, those kinds of things. You know, you can turn those moments into sacred moments simply by recognizing the abundance or the joy or the moments with family. It can all be part of a sacred experience. And I just want there to be levity, joy, silliness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't have to take everything completely serious all the time. Mm -hmm. Especially in year, however many of the pandemic, <sighs> a little levity is necessary. Super necessary. 
Okay, this is going to bring me to my last question. This is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think I know the answer because you've already copped to the fact that the Advent calendar does nothing for you. But is it the Advent calendar leading up to Christmas or the 12 days of Christmas afterwards? Which is your favorite? Oh, oh, they're so different. Yes, they are. We were talking about this at youth group on Sunday. And the question as I heard it then was, do you enjoy the anticipation of the season more? Or do you enjoy the having the thing mm-hmm. more? I'm an anticipation person. Yeah. Yeah. Having the stuff under the tree and knowing that something is coming. I love getting the stuff and I love opening the things and I love seeing the things and caring for the things. But the anticipation of a gift is actually a huge part of the enjoying of the gift for me, which maybe speaks to my capacity to be a Christian who anticipates the return of Christ Mm -hmm. in a palpable way. Yourself, are you an anticipator or an enjoyer of the things? I really am kind of sad that we don't lean more into the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Just because I think the letdown of everything being over. And I have a sister who her daughter famously asked her one year, mom, can we at least leave the Christmas tree up the entire day of Christmas? (laughs) Because for her, (laughs) when you're done with that whole process, bam, tree comes down. It's over. Oh, and I think we could all use a little more of a tapering off of the season rather than a hard exit. Yeah. You know, I have not gotten my outdoor lights up yet. Maybe what I'll do is I'll do them on Christmas Eve and then leave them up for, I mean, I'll leave them up longer than the 12 days, but maybe I'll let myself be like, no, I totally meant to do that and lean into the 12 days this year. That's a really awesome. Yeah. You got eight maids of milk in, you got 10 lords of leaping, you got a lot of days after Christmas that we should be exploring and being excited by. That's right. And my tree definitely stays up till at least epiphany. There you go. There's your 12th day. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about our Christmas moments, both the sacred and the secular. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And Merry Christmas, everyone, in all of your holiday moments, secular, sacred, and everything in between. May you find moments of peace and hope and stillness and rich blessing. Until we are back in your ears again, may you have a Merry Christmas from Dawn and I in the community of Central. And remember, God loves you no matter what.